This is the old Doctor Who show, episode number 80, Inferno. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flow is that the TARDIS should be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's like a person. Resulting reaction is fighting. Are you ready? Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your classic tri-weekly Doctor Who review podcast. Classic <laughs> tri-weekly is now in canon. Uh, that's just the way it is. It's what my brain is programmed for. Yep. My uh, little neural pathways are pretty, pretty deep into He's that. Worn connection. a groove into his brain. Yeah, it's fine. There's just no getting around this. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know what the show is anyway. What if you didn't know what the show was and you just this? I'm, this is the first time I've ever listened. I've heard of podcasts. They're getting pretty big. I'm just gonna pick this one and right. see what it's this about. Is a randomly, it's like that. What was that thing that you used to do? And it was people would just randomly get dick pics. <laughs> Like chat roulette. Remember that? Chat roulette. Yeah, I mean, yeah. showing so our pod, age here. Pod roulette. Yeah. Right. It's a pod it's roulette a pod and you roulette. just get audio dick pics. That's kind of yeah, that's kind of what we are, I guess. How are you today, Dan? <laughs> I'm good, Eric. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, hot. a freaking heat wave. Yeah, Dan and I, I are in New Jersey, uh, for folks following along at home on their map. If you don't know where that is, that's it's right around the corona of the sun. Right now, it's, that's where New Jersey it's is. It's hot, and it's like uh, I'm going to be going on a vacation soon uh, a vacation. to, a, to like one of the dumbest places you can go in August uh, in Georgia. I'm going to be in Savannah, Georgia at one, and it's cooler there oh, than it shit. is here right now. I mean, it's super hot there. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's so hot in New Jersey. It was like 100 degrees yesterday, and the Midwest is beat. even worse, so hats off or uh, I'll pour one out. I guess pouring one out for someone in the Midwest would be kind of cruel because they they'd want to. I douse it over your head in like you're a slow a... motion flash dance uh, type thing. Just <laughs> dump great. a you're, bucket of you're water. It's an Beale. ALS challenge, but it's not bad. It's just for good. Not that the That's ALS right. challenge was bad. I'm off. I'm off <laughs> well, to a, a rocky start bad. here. The challenge was good. The challenge. Was um, good. So you're going to the south in yeah, the summer in good. August. That's gross. Eric, I'm going to the tropics. Oh, we're going to we're going to a wedding in the Philippines during monsoon season. Oh, be careful, Dan! In the summer, <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm going to melt this. It's, what it's is the temperatures good. like there? Hotter and more humid. Yeah. Okay. So is is it like hundreds? Is that what you're dealing? with? I know. No, I don't think it's 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 about like this. Just just more humid and constant at all times. Right. And the the up. danger of a storm. It might be okay. We're uh, we're going to the Philippines, and since we're going all the way over there, we're going to, we're taking our time because the wedding's like a day, two days with the the thing beforehand. So we're we're going to take more time and stop in Hong Kong on the oh, way, that's nice. which is great because they're in the middle of civil unrest. Yeah, so that should fine. be fine. Just no big deal. <laughs> the, and then the next there, time we have to record, though, you know, you'll be in the back of a van or something, or <laughs> just they'll just mail me VHS tapes that I'll have to put in, <laughs> like in, it, it mixed up with your uh, kidnapping footage. Yeah, is going to be reviews 
Um, <laughs> I'll try to slip like it the in. The U.S. government shake. Like, we don't understand why this guy, he's captured. We don't know if it's a coded message, uh, but he keeps talking about how much he likes Sylvester McCoy. It's going to be all in Morse code in the way that I blink. <laughs> I'm going to give you my entire review. Uh, in that. So so we're doing that first, and then... Um, well, first off, apologies hum- to anyone that's ever been kidnapped in some kind of civil unrest <laughs> situation. This one we should have said that... Yeah, yeah, yeah we should have had a trigger yeah. warning at the beginning of this. Sorry about that. Uh, and since we're going there, uh, what other Southeast Asian countries should we go to between Hong Kong um, and then going over to the Philippines? We're going to Vietnam. Oh, that's because... actually supposed to be very nice, Dan. I Sure, sure. It's, it wasn't at the top of my list of places. There's a, many other... But, yeah, so we're going to Da Nang for a few days. Rule it. Mostly going to be at a beach, but that'll be fine. But it's also, like, it's just, we're just going to the tropics when it's really, really, really hot. So we'll see what happens. Um, right. You're having your own uh, Mosquito Coast situation where you, you're not coming back. No. And <laughs> it's just, you're going to live off the grid. Mosquito. Are you familiar with that movie? Is that a reference? I, I remember. I, I remember. I remember of it. Okay, That's not a it's Har- yeah, Harrison Ford is a yes. dad who takes his yeah. son River Phoenix. He's like done with Western civilization. They go to live on the Mosquito Coast, and things are sort of good, right. and then they go bad. And it's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah. I like both. So of anyway, those you're gonna die Let's watch in that. some kind of tropical <laughs> storm. I think. But the podcast will go on. It'll live be great. From your funeral. No, Dan. I will. Uh. You're not gonna die. Everything's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. But speaking of um, heat, Nan. Uh, wait, wait. This transition. Yeah, we didn't. I don't. I this think is, this going is into just complaining about the heat, I was like, eventually, my brain was like, "Hey, the you guys are reviewing something called Inferno." <laughs> uh, not as much sweating in Inferno as I thought there would be. Are you kidding me? Oh, jeez. Yeah. All right, let's get let's, let's get, get into there because that man. was a, a little. Sarcasm right. for you. Okay, we're, so we're, let's hit the button and let's hit the button. To... We'll do the button first. Alright. How did you get inside this establishment? I beg your pardon. How did you get in here? Look, your name is Lethbridge Stewart. Yes. Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Brigade leader. All right, brigade leader. Have it your own way. And you are Elizabeth Shaw. How did you know my name? You've been spying on this establishment. What are you talking about? Your name! My name? You asked me my name after all the years that you and I... Well, now, wait a minute. Yes, I think I'm beginning to see what's happened here. Um, might I suggest you just call me Doctor? Doctor? Doctor what? Smith. Dr. John Smith. This is Inferno, uh, released in 1970. Uh, it's the fourth and final serial of season number seven. It's written by Don Houghton, or Doug Houghton. I think it's Don Houghton. Let's call him Don Houghton. Directed by Douglas Camfield, though I did read it was apparently uh, directed by Barry Letts, like the back half of it, or well. several episodes, uh, uncredited. Uh, in this story... The Doctor and Liz Shaw, who are still trapped on Earth, are working as consultants on a secret drilling project led by a Professor Stallman. And you'll know Professor Stallman by his large, oversized name tag. Uh, while mucking about with nuclear power, uh, the Doctor inadvertently sent... nuclear? Nucle- nuclear! 
Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. Didn't I say nuclear? I think you actually did. I was just messing with okay. you. Okay, you're throwing me off. And then I'm having these flashbacks of like George W. Bush. George W. Bush. And it was like, yeah. remember when that was all the rage? It was like, oh that my was the God, most... this guy mispronounced uh, nuclear. Right, that nuclear. was the biggest. Right, that was it. He said nuclear. Oh, nuclear, yeah. That For for weeks, that was all that everyone talked what about. What a time and that was. When that was that a was golden era. Literally, now oh. you just watch videos of the president slapping women on the ass, and it's like, that's, that's fine. It's all, yep. it's all yep. fine. Um, yeah, so the doctor inadvertently sends himself sideways into a parallel universe where Britain is racist, uh, a fascist, but it must have auto, uh, auto, either either's fine. I think we'll take either. Uh, and his friends and counterparts are all bizarro versions of themselves, including a scarred and stashless brigadier, a somewhat different but not really that different Benton, and a cool as iced ice East Berlin Shaw. Also, there's green stuff in the earth that turns you into werewolves. Uh, after the alternate universe ends in an apocalypse and the death of all of those characters, the Doctor has to return to his own and stop the penetration. Dan, what did you think <laughs> of Inferno? Are you still with me? I'm sorry. That was one of my, that was one of my favorite intros in a real long time. That was great. Also, the the phrase "stop the penetration" is pretty. Honestly, they must have had the rights to the word penetration. Because it gets said a lot. And then at one point they're like, penetration zero, which has all the joys of penetration without the calories. It was like, was it like the most amount of times that anyone has ever said penetration in a Doctor Who story? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, uh, probably. I, I Maybe not. We still have a whole bunch to watch. There might yeah. be a whole story that's about nothing but penetration. Yeah, you guys haven't seen Doctor Who penetration. Penetration. <laughs> penetration files. Uh, so what did you think, Dan? Um, I really enjoyed this, um, for, for, for a bunch of different reasons. This, this is a, a crazy story. Just like you said in the intro, there's green goo that turns people into werewolves for no reason. That's nuts. That could have been an entire story, but that was just one part of it. The whole parallel universe thing was, was pretty interesting. I guess you know, it's the first time they've, they even touched on this subject in Doctor Who. For us, it's like, it's, um, a very well-worn science fiction trope and probably even up to this point it was pretty you know heavily used but to see it in the doctor who universe was pretty pretty cool um it's also fun because we're as we're coming back through and doing stories again different stories this is the first we've seen pertwee in a long time so it's just nice and this go around to come back to seeing doctors i said this in the last two that we didn't it's like oh it's nice to see hartwell again hartnell again it's nice to see you know um it's it's really good to see Pertwee because I just don't feel like we got enough of him, especially with Liz, and I really enjoy her a lot. So there's a lot to like about this. There's a lot that's just so silly, goofy, over the top, um, but it's not in in some of those cases when things are goofy and silly, they just don't make any sense. I think I think for the most part, if you just go with it, the story works really well. Um, and even for the fact that it's a seven-parter, and I tend to want to die halfway through um, long stories like this. I enjoyed the whole thing. Um, so it seemed to actually kind of go quickly for me. So even though it was a seven-parter and it was it was um, uh, a very long, complex set of stories that were going on, I liked it as a, as a whole. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I had no expectations going into it. I didn't really know. Actually, I knew literally nothing about this story um, going into it. So it was a lot of fun. Eric, 
What did you think of this story? I well, I I will say, I will. I loved it. Uh, short short story, short version. But okay. Before I forget, um, yeah, I want to talk about coincidences that have deeper meaning. So we have like not even realizing <laughs> that we're in like a heat wave, and we're doing Inferno is right, kind right. of like a ster- serendipitous moment. But then sure. also when I was watching this story, I was like. Oh, it's great to see Pertwee again, like you just said. And then I was like, oh, it was, it was good. We just got to do Patrick Troughton. And these stories were right. randomly selected. I mean, we're going in order of the doctor, but we were never yeah. matching story to story for common themes. Even we though that's what you that, want. But it was way too much work. <laughs> but it happened because thinking yeah. back to Enemy of the World, I was like, oh, here's a story where you get a doppelganger version of the mm. doctor. And this yep. story is literally the doctor stays the same and everyone else becomes a doppelganger version. That's true. So they were sort of nice and complimentary to each other. But I, I love yeah. this <clears throat> story and I love the story a lot more than I liked Enemy of the World. Whereas Enemy of the World, you have a twist that happens that I was not expecting, which is an underground city of Aryans that are controlling the weather or whatever they were doing, natural disasters. Right. And here you right. have this alternate version of the world that really ma- is not necessary to be in the story like the fact that he he goes to this world the only real thing you get out of that is he watches all those people die knows it's going to be the apocalypse and has to go back and prevent it from happening it's not that something happened with the drill that caused a split or caused it like he literally is just you know banging around on the tardis console and they shut off the switch too early and it screws him up and he gets stuck somewhere Right, it's right. not real. The cause of the, the what they're doing didn't cause it. It's like this separate thing that happens just so we can get an alternate world. But it works. I thought it was I, like, I, yes. when that happened. I was like, oh, this is cool, and I loved seeing like the brigadier with the you know being able to play like a super Nazi dude and yeah. the East Berlin. I called East Berlin Shaw. Like that, I was like, I'll take this woman for a while, like just to see what that character was like. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was good to see, give her some range, and everybody got to have fun, it seemed like. Some characters were in, really interchangeable between worlds, where there were scenes sometimes between the doctor and, like, the guy that was the master drill man, Sutton, right? I think his name was. He was, like, the guy that was knew how to do oil drilling. Yes, Greg Sometimes Sutton, yeah. he would have a scene with the doctor in the alternate world, and then we would go back to the current time, or our, our timeline, and then I mm-hmm. would forget, like, oh, did he talk to him here and have that conversation? Or did he talk to him there? Because you get right. a lot of also repeating scenes. Like, you literally see characters saying the same thing yeah. to each other. Uh, Greg is just as creepy with Dr. Petra in our world as in here in their world. And that yeah, whole thing some things don't weird, change. a little weird. And he's constantly yelling at her. Like, his character was, like, too aggro all the time especially with her constantly you idiot even though she's trying to save people and he's yelling at her and then he's at the forcing same time that on her and she loves it yes. by the end yes 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 <laughs> okay. what's i just heard about this because I, I totally forgot about it but that um uh handbook for how, how guys can pick up women and what are the techniques uh you're supposed to like neg them you're supposed yeah, to like he's make got them feel bad down. about this he's got yeah, that he's, down pat he's like oh you're worthless oh i love you it was that was really from the perspective of 
40 years later, like that was really uncomfortable watching him uh, demean her and then she falls for him in both timelines. Right. And she'd be like talking Ugh. about something serious. Yeah, both timelines the same. He's yeah, creeping yeah. both. Where, where he, she's saying like, oh, are you leaving? And then all of a sudden he's up in her business like, oh, is there a reason I should stay? Well, there's a cloakroom back. Like, just kind of right, weird. Right. Almost yes. stepping over the line. But back to the story, I thought sure. the music was great. This could mm. be seen as a criticism, but I liked it. That somebody fell asleep with their hand on the ambient sound button. Because so many scenes, you just hear like air conditioning or like machinery yeah. running. There's but, so but, much ambient sound throughout the whole thing. Like just entire scenes where you just hear characters talking, but you hear all this noise in the background. Yeah. But I like that. Something, I, I agree. I like that a lot. I think it was actually well considered. Because there's the scenes where they're in the main control room. And then the ambient noise of the machines and the computer, everything is pretty loud. And then they go into, I guess, where the brigadier has set up his office. Yes. And it's it's one room removed and there's a heavy door. But the ambient noise is still going on, but it's quieter. Like, they, they kept, and as soon as the door opens, like, I don't know if there's actual, like, was there noise on set? And that's how it worked. But they, if not, they really thought about that. So, yeah, it, it gave it a lot of like texture they were in this, to the Like, they're in the depth. same area, but they were one room removed. Which is very interesting because I also noted some of the other sound effects were atrocious like every gunshot yeah the gun standard, uh, yep it was like bang half, ricochet half, bang right, ricochet over and, and the and the squealing of bessie's tires all of that was just awful but everything all those other things like when they're in the main control room, when they're in the drill room they all kind of felt atmospheric no yeah really and it worked. was a way of using sound design that i don't i haven't necessarily picked up on in previous doctor who's that we reviewed that gave a Thank real you. sense of space and setting yeah. To feel like you were somewhere different, and it felt like, even though the sets were pretty good, I thought the sets all were pretty yeah, good for the yeah. control room, and like you know, it felt very industrial. But you really, really fed into that. I liked all the monster sounds too, like when you mm. first see all the werewolves and stuff. Like there's, they were doing something to their voices, and the like distorted. it was, it was like yeah. distorted, and it was very, very cool. Well, can we talk about that for a second? So the doctor says he's heard that sound before, when he was like. The eruption of Krakatoa. Yeah. What was... I forgot to look up Krakatoa. No, no, no. But, I mean, okay, so it's an earthquake... uh, I'm sorry, a a volcano explosion. But, like, what does that sound have to... Is he saying the actual sound of a volcano erupting is the sound that they were making? I don't understand Uh, what he means. No, I thought that was... He was around during that eruption. And, again, I I put to notes to look it up because I don't know much about the event. Or whatever. Um, yeah. You said it was a, vol- a volcano or something erupted. Something sure. erupted. I totally took it as he was around then and knew that these creatures existed. Uh, and it's hard to understand even what these creatures are. It's like the Earth gone is def- protecting itself or something. I don't, I don't even know. I'm not sure what the creatures are and how it's related to the green ooze that transmutes human dna to werewolf dna but i thought he heard that sound because he's dealt with these creatures before back whenever this event happened so that so that seems to make sense so yeah krakatoa was a volcanic uh eruption in indonesia um he's like 1883 um so the doctor says that he knows this sound and so if he has met these creatures which are credited in the um in the credits of the episodes uh, as the primords, even though no one ever refers to them with that term, but they're called the primords, not werewolves. Get it right. Um, we weren't so wolf he... boys; we were wolf men. 
Uh, yeah, so go on. They're Mo- called moving right along. Prime um, Primords. Primords. Okay. Primord. Prime like primordials. Edge Lords. <laughs> prime Prime real estate. So he must have heard them then, but then he doesn't. He doesn't seem like he has encountered them before when we actually see them on screen. There's no indication. That he's like, oh, I know what these guys are. I know where they came from. None yeah, of that, really. I mean, he he doesn't say that, doesn't... but he does have a jump on how to combat them. Like he instantly knows when he starts making the connection that they get hot, that he needs fire extinguisher and all that kind of stuff. He Which d- is something, a logical leap that the Doctor would make regardless uh, whether yeah, or not no, he's I actually think that, met I think them that's, before. That's I don't, fair. Yeah, so it's just it was a strange thing to say that. And then it was even stranger when he was looking at the green goo and says he wishes he could hear it because he wonders if it's screaming. Right. Which I tend to think about that with inanimate objects all the time. I just figure everything is screaming at all times. Um, super weird. Anyway, yeah, but strange, t- strange things. I wish they kind of connected that a little bit more because it didn't really. It was just strange for the sake of being weird. But right. to to anyway. piggyback onto what everybody's complaint probably is about Please this do. story is it is too long. Like part six doesn't need to happen. I mean, a lot of this is problem solving in real time, where they're trying things and then they're failing and then they have to do them again. And like people are just yes. sort of running in circles or their wheels are spinning and really nothing is getting done. And I, you know, if you took if this was a six parter, and as much as I like four parters, I actually liked, you know, ninety percent of the journey where I was happy of these different things happening. And I think the fact that we had two timelines hmm made it much easier to manage that because you have story a which is this stuff's going on and story b where the other stuff's going on but i think you can s- still cut a whole episode out and it would work yeah it would work fine i agree i think i think you're right having the two alternate alternate universes where we can go back and forth between the stories works really well as an a and b plot which they do have in some other um doctor who stories it's just in these a and b plots you get to have the exact same people even if yes. they're different characters, different versions of each other, you never get that. You never these A and B plots are usually very separate, and it's like, oh, this one doesn't make any. Who cares? I don't care who's in this one. But you get the same ver, different versions of the same people in each of those, and the way that those interact was they could have done more of it, but it would have been too heavy handed if they had. But I, yeah, I do like I, the way the two sides interacted with each other. I think they could have done the, some of the editing a little bit better, like some of the transitions from World A to World B were a little awkward. Or, like, the, sometimes you jump back to just see the doctor literally having the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the professor, not the doctor. Um, he wants to change it by some half of a percentage point. Like, change it by two points. And then someone says something. He goes, old ladies. You're, you're like an old lady with the regulations. But you see that so many times. It's like, we get it. He wants to go, you know what? Go 5%. Stop right. doing two percent multiple times and just see what happens. So it was a little much, and I think that the fact that it stretched out for seven stories is why we saw a lot of that repeating. Yeah. And it's even more yeah. obvious because we have two timelines where you are going to see scenes literally the same thing twice anyway. Right, right. But it's good. I really liked it. I, do mean, you, I did. Yeah. Do you just want to go through the through yeah, it a little bit run and through see it, it, man? Okay. So. Um, the first thing I noticed I, was this just me or the the titles on this? Oh, I love them. Th- they I were good, but it's like huge, bold yes. graphic titles over over the lava flows in the front. I, that, that doesn't feel like anything we've seen before or since. They don't really do that. Or just I, I don't know. It was, it was the the lettering choice superimposed over that that slow moving lava. It, it was kind of cool. I like that. 
anyway, so just from the very beginning, I was like, oh, this is something a little bit different. Yeah, and yeah, right, and and plus not only the titling, but you're saying like with the lettering. Yes, that right. was I mean, also. I mean, not the lettering. Yeah. The 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 fact that it was footage of lava, like just to it wasn't. It was always the same. It had like a consistent feel to the titling, yes. but it was like okay, like this is a thing. I wish they yeah. always did that, and it was just some yeah. theme or something that you saw with these. It gave it like a sense of grand scope or something. Yeah, yeah. I got to look up uh, Spearhead from Space because uh, I actually do own it. To th- uh-huh. to see like I don't remember what the titling looked like on that. I think we did get white letters that said Spearhead from Space. But I think whatever was the background was whatever shot I think we were going yeah. into. It wasn't like a title card. The way maybe it was something was. of this era, and we're just because we're kind of flipping through eras of the show. I'm not. I just it it struck me as as being um, unique, and I really enjoyed that. Um, not a big thing, but just it was nice to like jump into it right away and be like, oh, cool. Um, so we get the uh, we get the mechanic who's coming into the um, the. We'll start off with a. Uh, uh, with the doctor riding in Bessie and he's uh, singing a jaunty tune. And we cut to a mechanic who's also singing a jaunty tune as he goes to uh, work on the, the drill that's going into the earth's crust. We don't know this yet, but he's going there to fix something. Um, He's shown that this one drill is down and it's been leaking this green goo. So what does he do? The first thing he does, he touches it. He touches the green goo. Yeah. Crazy thing. Not something you think. A guy who's used to fixing this. I mean, I, granted, this is material they've never seen before. Right. So the first thing you yeah. do is you touch it. I'm surprised you didn't taste it. Right. I mean, that's the first. You see a, a green substance oozing out of an, a drill. You're going to lick it. Um, so that's that's when the, the hilarity ensues and he starts changing. Um, I really actually kind of like the shots because it, it was, it was a, a mix between zombie at first because he kind of went to this weird state where he was like, all sweaty and drooling and staggering and full of, you know, violent rage, which just made me think of, like, a zombie movie of the era. And then it switches later and becomes, like, a werewolf movie or, you know, story. So it was kind of mixing these horror genres on top of the science fiction and parallel universe stuff, which I think was actually kind of kind of cool. Um, yeah, and the fact that, like, take. they play that hand so early with the they're changing but they're kind of zombie like or whatever yeah you're like okay well that's the final form of this thing and you're gonna see them coming at people but then all of a sudden they're like nope we're still right. like it's the a, evolution is not completed and we have it takes a long time to get to the werewolf part which yeah. i actually didn't see coming i just you know they're getting like hairier and green but i didn't really think they're <laughs> right. no, full, they on, like, full on like uh, 1950s werewolf uh it was like look movies. away you know it's like you know the michael jackson music was gonna trigger yep that's Thriller. all problematic it's, it's we can't fine. yeah we can't talk about him anymore. Nope. <laughs> or john landis we can't talk about him. <laughs> everything's out of bounds but go on okay. go on dude. going on um so we see that the doctor is working on the tardis console outside of the tardis which is kind of cool um as yeah production... no, stop th- stop there if you don't mind i will i can't I remember i we did spearhead from space but it was so long ago so long ago now I, from what I remember, Patrick Troughton ran into the Time Lords and was condemned to spend the rest of his years on Earth, right? I don't know if it was the rest of his years, but yes. Or whatever. He was, he was in some kind of yes. timeout on Earth. Yes. But the TARDIS is broken. They broke the TARDIS. Because it seems like in this, he's trying to fix the TARDIS to get away and to leave. And he's going to be back yeah. into space. Right. 
Is that what happened? Like, is he staying there because the Time Lords have said you have to stay there, or is he staying there just because the TARDIS is broken? I, I just I don't, remem- I don't remember. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't remember either. Everyone, can, you can reply to us to let us know because we're not going to look it up ourselves. Um, but yeah, because I, I feel like that's what he's constantly trying to do is get the TARDIS kind of work. He's always tinkering with it. It's right, but I don't remember the, him doing that in Spearhead from Space or any of the other stories or the later ones from this season. Did we do yeah. any other ones from the Stephen? Terror of the Autons is the one that's after this, which we did. Right. Because uh, I don't remember that happening. I don't remember anything to do with the TARDIS there either. Ones? Nobody. Yeah, so, no. If only there was a way that we could figure that out. We can't possibly yeah. look it up. Um, but go on. But that, I was anyway, just curious. So like, when the... that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, he's stuck on Earth. But why? And is it just because the TARDIS is broken? And he doesn't fix right. it at the end of this either. Like jumping all the way to the end, he ends up yeah. in a garbage pile, which was a funny right. little moment right right well way to spoil it for um yeah it was interesting to see that the tardis console outside of the tardis itself and the and this kind of establishing that it is the tardis console that is responsible for all of the uh ability of the tardis itself there's no you know because in in uh new who obviously comes much much later but there's the whole you know heart of the tardis that's kind of connected inside the the console and there's you I just get the sense that there's more that needs more mechanics that need to happen for this to work besides just the console itself. That felt like the steering wheel to me, as opposed to the entire uh, vehicle and just the TARDIS around it is just the shell. Now, do you um, think like when they were doing this console thing that at some point someone was entertaining the idea of putting the TARDIS console in Bessie and it was they were going to ditch the police box and he was going to go around space in that car? Oh my goodness! Like when when I kept seeing I, I kind of want to see that next to like the and I was like, oh, they're just gonna they could they're easily just, gonna, just mount that to the side and then he's this put space it right traveling James Bond, oh my goodness. Uh, in in a car. But yeah, whatever. Alternate universe, I guess that probably happened. Yeah, sure. And now we we can see uh, uh, parallel universes, so let's let's find out. Um, this is the original console from the very first. Uh, episode so this this one has uh, been around since for seven years and uh this was the last appearance of this console according to wikipedia um you can tell because they had to decommission the damn thing because it was falling apart you notice that the yeah. when the doctor is showing oh, oh he's giving um uh east berliz and uh <laughs> we don't have a good name for the brigadier um uh, when he's showing them does he have an eye proof. patch i can't remember now yes he also has yeah. the eye patch, and I then the scar, and then and the, the no mustache. They right. really He's like all things. like all. Usually, you get usually One. the mustache is the thing on the evil person, so it's right. sort of inverted already. They but it. yeah, yeah, it was Inverting like should we do a scar and is... an eye patch? Is that too on the nose? Nope, go with it. Well, he needed the eye patch because of the scar. What's under there? Who knows? It's a freaking yeah, rotting mess. Got, you know. Um, but when, whenever the doctor's giving them the proof, the time rotor goes up and down, and everything inside the rotor is just, like, shaking. Yeah. It looks like it's going to fall apart. It looks... I mean, it kind of works. It's like, oh, they really must have wrecked the, the TARDIS and, and stranded him there. That thing is just not going to fly. Uh, but it right. does. And, and the uh, TARDIS itself is supposed to be powered by, like, a collapsing star. Right. But you can power a TARDIS from the same amount of energy it takes to run air conditioning, I guess. Well, <laughs> to be fair, to run a lot of air conditioning. It's true. It's a pretty big facility. <laughs> um yeah that's fine it was it was the surplus energy from the nuclear reactor yeah, so that's that's a lot it's the nuclear reactor is basically like a collapsing star um anyway so that was that was kind of cool just to see them it was also nice to see bessie there by the way when the doctor does 
slip into the parallel universe. Why does Bessie go with him? No idea. I guess does, it's, it's Bessie a doesn't large go at any other time. Yeah, large enough circumference. Yeah, because that's an interesting point. No, because she's never when ever... he is demonstrating it, yes. Bessie's not disappearing, right? It's just oh. him and the... Well, him and the... he also had much less... He had only the power that was left... Residual power left inside the console from his first powering it up. So right. maybe there wasn't enough power to transport and, 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 other and things Exactly to... what did go on, right? So he's okay. running tests and yep. Liz Shaw... She's yep. involved in it. And yep. then they steal some power from the reactor. And then right. the um, the bad guy, what's his name? Uh, Stallman, Stallman. He increases the power too much and it goes crazy or he turns the power off. The doctor's well, see, doing weird, like no, 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 walking around and sliding things off and on to, to like reroute his power. Right, right, right. I think so he gets Stallman the power said, cut off, right? Yeah, Stallman said... Uh, that's it. I'm not giving you any power. So he, he turned it off. The doctor surreptitiously turns it back on. Um, and then when he note when Stallman notices because he's not getting all the readings right. he expects, takes he's it like, back. oh, someone's taking power. He goes and turns it off. But the what's happening to the TARDIS is he's getting too much power. Yeah, that's the- so that does that seems weird because he turned it off, but he got more power. Right, you would somehow. think he would get too much power, and that would split the dimensional or like the. Well, was he said it was universe. too much, and they couldn't turn it off because it got fused because it got too much power all at once. Whatever, it's it doesn't, science. doesn't sure matter. It's, it's it's nuclear physics. I don't get None it. None of it matter. It li- literally have uh, computers that run on like uh, little chips. Tape. Speaking of which, oh, the, when Stallman goes tubes. to sabotage the computer, I mean, this is later on. We forget about yeah, going. Yeah, let's in jump around. It's fine. Yep. He goes all the way in his office to try to hit it with a hammer, right, or hit it, hit it with something. And yeah, then later, step. he just puts it on the ground and steps on it. But had he just done that to start, right. he would have saved so himself he, some walking distance. So he well, he's trying to get his steps in. He took the microprocessor, and he wanted to do it so no one would see. That's why he took it into, into the office and was going to smash right. it. And, the and then he gets caught. stops him. And then he puts it in his pocket. The doctor then and, and <laughs> Empty the Empty your pockets. Empty your pockets, basically. Let me see what's in your left pocket. There's nothing there. He must have, like, ditched it. Yeah, he dropped then, it on the floor because then, then later, you see it later and he comes back right, and he steps And it, on it was on the floor and he couldn't, you know, pick it back up or whatever. So he's just right. stopped. I, I, but I'm just saying so just, bad. just break it there. The crazier part was when uh, the doctor catches Stallman about to break it and he uses Venusian karate on him. There's a lot of that kind of stuff in this There one. is a lot of that. There, the fighting we could talk about forever. There's Let's Venusian karate uses on lot. him. He he takes two guards out. He's poking people in the chest. Like he's got all these like yeah things. Um, so Pertwee is a real. He's an action. He loves all of that. Yeah, he's yeah. It's a James Bondish uh, judo chop. Like he was always doing those type of fights, which is so interesting. I mean, I guess when you compare it to the previous two Doctors, it's a very nice change of pace for the character to have these action. Uh, qualities where he he is running all the time he's doing the karate he is driving the car and and skidding around corners and all this stuff like it's a very action-oriented thing but just looking at him he doesn't read visibly he's dressed like a magician (laughs) he's dressed like an old magician like he he i guess compared to like hartnell he's young but he's not young well he's He's very superhero like and they make a joke in the alternate world or whatever where he's showing because he's trying to convince them that he's not a spy and he's like what did you expect batman 
on a rocket or something when yeah, he shows right, him the right. thing because you know he's got a cape and yeah, he's doing all these like action things so he he feels right. very superhero like to me but you bring Which I enjoy it just didn't it just it's just so funny to see like when you see Pertwee it's like uh, you would not be my first choice for an action doctor right. but he does it well I think it works and and you brought yeah. up a good point too because I mean in the context of when this came out you've got an old crotchety lying guy who's sort of hard to deal with that establishes it then you get like a weird hobo whistle man and then all of a sudden like there's an act like there's each doctor is so different so different from you know that's kind of interesting that it it yeah yeah oh and 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 they and you know to continue on tom baker is is quite different and uh but then from there it seems like each actor is starting to take pieces of previous doctors to and putting a twist on it to form their own doctors, especially when we get to modern Doctor Who. But you could even see that in some of the later doctors in the original series, how they kind of are interacting with the previous versions of themselves as they create these characters. Right, these, but, are, these, these first ones are entirely new, yes. which is very cool. But yeah. I would say that these doctors are borrowing from pop culture that is outside yes. of science fiction, whereas yeah. now we're borrowing from – we're eating ourselves. <laughs> yeah yeah right and that happens i think yep. in a lot of media um you know whatever but uh speaking of fights though the brigadier evil brigadier fight was one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life that was painful to watch which, so it happens at wait, the end the doctor fights the evil i think it's the doctor fights the evil brigadier or someone else fights the evil oh brigadier. no right right no but it, it's like a it's like a was, fight it was Greg. I think it's I think. Greg. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. the two of them brawl. Right. And it's right. just painful and awkward. It's real and the bad. brigadier is terrible at action scenes. Like he's it's so not stiff. the worst one. Who's the it's worst? It's not one? the worst. The worst fight is I can't even remember who it was because they're in those environmental suits, so their heads are covered and they're they're in. When those, the doctor like, goes incognito in his environmental suit, oh, so and he hides bad. in the back of a jeep, and those other two guys are like, "Oh yeah, just, I guess Steve, let him out. I guess Steve's sleeping in the <laughs> oh, back. He's taking it's, a nap yeah, again. Come on, let's just come li- in. But yeah, go on. He had a liquid lunch, brought him in. But they're they're in the um, what room are they in? But it's it's filled filling up with the with the. The chemical, there's the fog in the room, and there's the two of them are fighting, and they're doing like 1950s pro wrestling flips. Like one guy yeah, grabs the yes, other one, grabs yes. his hand, and they just like boom, flip, and they get up, helps him up, move around, and the they do another flip fighting, again. Right? I think it is, but it's I couldn't. Yeah, that's when Stallman at the moment when I was watching in, it, right? Stallman when I was watching in, it at the moment. Right, go on, we keep doing it. <laughs> no, no, let's do this one more time. You go. There you go. All right, I was going to say that. Scene, uh, that scene is when Stallman goes into this uh, the drill room where the drill yes. head is for yes. all the penetration. <laughs> he, so, he is so much penetration, so much penetration, but zero penetration. So you don't have to worry. Right, right. Yeah. It's like it's not cheating if it's zero penetration. So you go in. Oh, sorry, penetration zero trademark. <laughs> this is the one where Stallman goes in uh, and sabotages the drill head, and he's followed by. Uh, Greg, right? And Greg, no, no, Greg goes in to fix something, and Stallman fo- follows him and clocks him on the head, right? Knocks Greg out. Right. The doctor right. comes in, engages in this awful fight where they're, yes. where they're okay. doing so these wrestling the moves. Then Greg comes to and clocks Stallman on the head, right? Right, and rescues the doctor. They both leave, and then Greg has no idea what happened, or he's shocked that Stallman is evil, and it's like, who did you think you just clocked? You just hit a guy in the head, right? With a giant name tag With on the his, giant name tag. Thank God for that dumb name tag. 
Can, because you have to know tag- which one's Stallman. They say, they point at him and goes, that's Stallman. They say that. <laughs> There's a moment. Like, that name tag is so funny. <laughs> so that name big. tag isn't always like that. Normally, it's just like a normal, it's just right. like, you would expect, like, yeah. maybe two inches tall. This is novelty size. Wide. There are a couple scenes where it is the <laughs> size of, like, the Price is Right yes. name tag where they, like, sign it. <laughs> like, it's gigantic. Stallman, like, come on down. Stallman. Yeah. <laughs> It was crazy, but it really struck me as funny. Um, so those, yes, those fight scenes were pretty terrible. Though we got to see uh, Evil Liz. Evil Liz? Yeah, Evil Liz shot somebody. Shot, she uh, did. Yeah, she bad, shot bad brig. Uh, bad br- brigadier. Yeah, which was uh, kind of kind of interesting because normal Liz wouldn't get to this. Apparently, um, in interviews, both actors, um, uh, both Nicholas Courtney and uh, Caroline John said that these were their favorite characters to play, these alternate versions. Yeah. I, I could, I, especially especially for the Brigadier, he said that this was his favorite. Uh, from what I read, Carolyn John really enjoyed playing this Liz in this story more so than normal Liz. When she had to go back and play normal Liz, it was like, this is very boring. She got to actually kind of stretch, which is kind of cool. Yeah, now we've seen, there were, this is the last Liz story, unfortunately. So there yeah. are four stories in her only season. We saw three of four of them. Like, we missed mm. the story that precedes Inferno, but we saw Spearhead from Space, and we saw whatever comes after it. Terror of the Autons? No, Terror of the Autons she, she is after. It's, um... Oh, oh right. No, it is. Uh, gotta look it up right now. That's what I'm... There's uh, literally no way to find out. Not, uh, we missed Ambassadors of Death, but we saw Doctor Who and the Silurians. Right. Yes. So that right. was the only... I always liked Liz's character myself but it is yeah. it has a ton of potential but it's certainly not developed i mean she is an equal right. to the doctor which was nice and i guess that didn't play well because you immediately replace her with uh what's her oh, i can't remember anything what's the uh, uh grant? Joe grant joe grant joe grant who people yeah. love and i i, I like her to joe but grant, she's a very yeah but she's she's it's... back in the mold of someone that screams all the time and Damsel in distress, as opposed to uh, you know an intellectual equal that that Liz was. Yeah. yeah, and and I could see why for her it would be so much fun to play an evil, you know, fascist. And yeah. and what was cool about yeah. the fact that with these, I say, um, you know, bizarro versions of themselves, but it's actually not that. I said bizarro versions in the intro, but that's not accurate. I like that the writer uh, took traits of characters in our world and just expanded on them like the brigadier mm. is kind of a pain in the ass anyway like him and the doctor right. fight or constantly sort of at odds and right. it's like it's it's the same person it's just the person how they would be under different circumstances so what would the brigadier who's all about working at unit and and all this pomp and circumstance be in a fascist state he probably would end up the way that the evil one was and yeah, how she yeah, right. he was like, did you ever want to be a scientist to to, to East Berlin? And she was like, kind. I guess did you find my dream journal? But she's still right. sort of like she's not good in whatever good and evil is. But there's still that same core being, right? In the in the they weren't totally right disconnected. Now. They yes, they seemed like they had common history and common traits, but just certain ones kind of evolved and other ones didn't right so those um, those like alternate versions were still true to their character right even though they were so yeah. vastly different yeah end scene <laughs> very good <laughs> well said um 
Let's see. What else do we need to talk about? Oh, we have here? to talk about um, Sir Keith Gold, who was a big part of this, who seems very familiar. I'm sure he's been in other you know what? Doctor Who stories. He looked like a thin British Eric Wareheim. Like, that's yeah, all I was yeah, seeing I see was Eric Wareheim the entire Tim and Eric Austin. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Crazy. Just... the good bureaucrat. Like, that's his yeah. role, kind of. Right? I mean, yeah. he kind of has yeah, a pivotal role, but he doesn't. No, he really doesn't. I mean, he... Um, it was kind of fun. I like that they did the misdirect uh, with the audience. So, in both timelines, um, Sir Keith is going to go back to the ministry to report what's going on because he has concerns that Stallman is exceeding all the safety limits and, and pressing on too hard without, you know, just ignoring all the potential dangers. So, he's he's going to go back... Um, to shut the whole thing down. In the alternate universe, uh, Stallman has him killed. Yeah. Just has him bumped off. Um, so then when we come back and see Sir Keith in our world, he's with the driver, and he's supposed to be going back to London to report to the minister. Um, but in this world, he wasn't to be bumped off. He was just supposed to be delayed, and the the, the chauffeur was taking him way out into the middle of nowhere instead. Was supposed yeah, to and a, the chauffeur uh, confesses. Pretty have quick. a break like it, it goes he really does it, it's a well, pretty he wasn't sharp into it. turn the guy wasn't really into it he was like right. i'm sorry this he was i gonna, just he was want you to know me. i thought it was a bad idea before i did it i was like all right thanks. he's the, also the worst chauffeur because he <laughs> can't he have a conversation and keep on the road and as you can see i love it's the same thing you always do it's like you're getting into a car accident bright lights shining in the face the guy's doing this on the <laughs> steering wheel to no effect and then just goes puts both yep. hands off the wheel in front of his face um, so we think that in both timelines, Sir Keith is dead. The doctor even thinks so as well. Um, but then it comes back later that they were just in a horrible accident. Uh, Sir Keith is fine. No word on the chauffeur, though. No, we don't R. know R. what happened to him. R. I R. mean, the misdirect was, was interesting, but that whole it. accident was unnecessary. And totally Sir Keith's role, other than bringing in characters, because he keeps hiring advisors. Um, right. It's like a voice of reason. He, he, I mean, I he is, the, he is kind of the voice of reason, but every time he gets a chance to step up, he doesn't, which I guess is a co- comment on government. But he, he's like, like well, w- well, when the doctor f- comes back, he's like, we're all going to die. We got to stop the drilling. And he's like, I could, but there's not a sufficient enough evidence to stop this. And then the, it's a cut away to a, a werewolf coming out and it's like a, kind right, of a joke right. right but he doesn't really ever have any authority he has to go to talk to someone else and then when he gets back to say shut it down he still doesn't shut it down because they still have this right. conversation where he's like i can't because the doctor or the professor he didn't really violate like it was just like well what is the point of you going away getting this uh getting okay to stop and it and then, then not stopping it until we see right. the werewolf and now you clearly right, have right. to stop it and, and and it takes it takes um uh liz liz shaw to go and convince uh dr petra to do it without orders it's like they're the ones that really yes. save the day it has nothing to do with sir keith gold yeah i i kind of actually i really like that it was petra that was so um by the books and really you know she was especially in the alternate timeline was very much um uh doing her duty and she was, you know, feeling her power as, you know, assistant director of this entire thing and was just going along with everything. But it was her conscience um, that she was able to kind of break out of that. Yeah, she was just bad day, in relationships. Even though it didn't work. 
What's that? She was just bad with relationships. Oh, that Greg Sutton is toxic. Yeah, I don't want to get terrible. He's a toxic. She'll find out. Her girlfriends will tell her. It's gonna be yelling and groping. That's the Greg Sutton way. He looked very familiar. The actor. I don't know if he's been in other Doctor Who. Maybe not. But to me, for some reason, he looks like I've seen him in something else. No, I don't know. Didn't strike you as being familiar. His name was Derek Newkirk, and. It's not important. That's all he did here. That's all he did. Well, yeah, that's it. In my heart, he, uh, I guess, it looks he's, familiar. He's every man. Or I've been Can in an talk... alternate universe where he is a much bigger star. You keep uh, mentioning in this alternate Earth this this fascistic, uh, possibly racist, whatever. Yeah, the racist I think that's is true. Rainbow, but no, I'm I know. Just I know. Go with it. Um, I know. No, but I mean the fascistic. Yes, I, obviously the whole unity is power, unity is strength. Yeah, whatever and you get thing. the picture that's what of the leader about. everywhere. Right, right, but there's no there's no discussion about what it is. There's it is literally just the poster that kind of silly sort of emblem, you know, arrows pointing in directions, and then his photo everywhere, and the fact that everyone's wearing severe clothing, <laughs> like that's oh well, I guess no, I'm sorry, it's I'm missing all- a big fact is is in the alternate universe, everyone that's working there is doing it as a penal colony. Yeah, yeah they talk, like they're all there say, they talk labor. about this being a yeah, science okay. prison. Or something. My bad. That's, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's which is kind of an interesting thing. concept. Like, I, I got the science, the science prison. <laughs> but who is the leader? The you keep seeing this go. picture of the leader. Yeah. Who is who that? Just looks like a. I, right. Nothing. There's nothing. There's no. Is that a person? Nothing. Like, who is that? Mean something to someone that sees it as an injo? I, I don't know what. It, means it was just kind of odd. As Americans, forty years later, it means nothing to me. But. uh yeah, I don't know. Just some guy. Yeah, that's good. It was all good. That's just, that's just uh, leader uh, Steve. Steve the leader. It's good. So I don't know. I think we've oh, probably oh, oh. run through. Oh, you got something else. So, I mean, we don't. We didn't talk about the Green the News. Reveal. What? I was going to say the Green News, but I guess we did talk about well, that. Well, we, we can talk about that. No, the uh, the reveal of the Brigadier, the evil Brigadier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that moment is it was so great. good. It was great. <laughs> sitting there in his office with his back to the camera and to the rest of the cast, and he swivels around real quick. Kind of, he actually kind of overshoots his mark a little bit. Yeah, the little camera bit. can't quite focus, and the camera angle, or sorry, the it's tight. The, the de- is so tight, it's super like tight. It's, it is top of forehead, <laughs> bottom of chin. <laughs> it's like, but it was a really fun reveal with the scar and the eye patch and the no mustache. Do you think I could? He looked like he was having a ton of fun. So the much actor. fun. Well, yeah. Okay, so I re- I was you know, reading through this before we got on the air. Apparently, there's a story about this. Um, that when they were filming, you know, doing takes of this, the reveal, uh, so he, the um, actor's sitting there, uh, Nicholas Courtney's sitting there with his back to the camera and his back to the rest of the cast, and he has his eye patch and scar. He spins around, and everyone else in the room also has eye patches on. <laughs> and they do the And they do the entire take as though nothing is weird. <laughs> So apparently, Wait, I, I don't know that? if that's story... on the DVD or something. I, I don't know yeah. where that came. That's on the, the Wikipedia. That's um, funny. And apparently, that this that was such a beloved story of, that happened that um, in the New Who story, um, the Marriage of Rivers song, there's a whole thing about eye patches as okay. a as a homage to to him because uh, Nicholas Courtney had died the year before. Anyway, I just thought it was a really cute moment, but that that reveal is really ridiculous and over the top, but so well done. There's that moment, and another overdone moment that I still love is the interrogation scene where oh, with the light and his like. What the are they doing him? to him that they're torturing? Other than shining a light in his face, that's all they're doing. They're just <laughs> shining a light on it. I was shouting, but it just made me think of the prisoner 
and yeah. it just made me like, "What is your name? What are you doing? Who do you work for?" Just back and forth. Right. It just I really loved that it just felt like the prisoner to me, but like a really bad version where they didn't quite understand what was going on. Right. And he was just like slumped over and tired. The doctor was. Just it was a tired. torture scene with no torture. No torture. Right. It's like they couldn't show anything, but I guess <laughs> we're supposed like, to imply that they were hurting him in some way. I, I guess. guess. And and and, and uh, Eastbrook Liz says like. Should we move on to phase two? And and the brigadier's like, no, he's he's too strong. He'll probably die before he cracks. Yeah, he's like, like, he die what from, from he needs sun- get that man sunglasses. Then there's a moment. This is this is all audio, and you'd have to see it. But it struck me as super funny. He's in that scene. He's laying there. Doctor's all like, we're now, and he's just like barely even speaking and just slumping back in the chair. And this alarm, the the sound is going off. It's the the drill breaking through, and it's just like. Almost like uh, sound of air or something. Like Wait, is, there, is this? Kind of sound. Are you talking about when the doctor comes back to our world and he's in that coma? No, 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 no. This is, this when is he's the still in the, in the interrogation okay. scene. He's laying there, um, and there's a sound, and the doctor's like, he starts lifting up, and it's almost as though he's getting <laughs> inflated. Please, I'll find you the. I'll, I'll make a gif of it because it's super funny. He's just laying there, and he's just like. <laughs> he just rises back up and stands up out of his chair and then warns them. There's some. It's like it's like one of those. Uh, we have them here in America, but like at a, a used car lot where they have the the wacky right, inflatable yeah. arm guy. It's like he just inflates. <laughs> it's just really funny to me. There, anyway. I loved all like the weird psych out stuff too. Like when the doctor goes is messing around with the TARDIS, you just get these cutaways to like the doctor's face getting distorted and zooming in and it's oh, like gosh. all these like psych freak out. Things yeah, we happen. didn't talk about that. It was. Like what did you think of it? I always like any of that seventies, sixties stuff that's designed to smoke weed and watch it. And it's, <laughs> I was thumbs up on that. There were the the moments, especially it was like a lot of dual screen where it was just like a mirror yeah, in the yeah. middle and kind of like mel- he's back trapped in this. And that happens before his really well. time step, right? Right. That was his first. Yes, he's right. sort of fooling it, around with the first, and then he fools around with it again, and then it right it breaks on through to the other side. Yeah, very good. Right. And and I don't know like how how much we're supposed to read into this, but like he's he's doing that freak out and he's hanging on to the TARDIS and we're seeing it all go wobbly and everything. And then at one moment he goes he flies away from the console. Yeah. So I I guess the implication is he's just free floating in this you know null world outside of it. Um, and then Liz cuts the power and he starts coming back. And the effect of like the splitting in two, the face kind of comes back together in a way. It, like, it actually, I don't know if it was intentional, but it worked really well. No, I thought I like cool. that effect. One thought that just occurred to me. Do you think that this parallel world in which Britain descends into fascism is a mm-hmm. result of that world never having been visited by the doctor before? Right? So there's like multiple timelines and they're all going to go in one way and one gets the doctor and one doesn't. And then one that doesn't turns to fascism my mind yeah I just, i'm sorry man. i can't I just, process I this right now pills, <laughs> just, just finish, finish the rest of this story amazing any other uh no, I'm, I'm trying to think things? i feel like we covered all of this stuff i, I well, again i can't stress that... enough i really liked it and i did too i watched them and this was actually a very nice way to watch them two at a time over mm. i guess four days Nice. Right? Because there's seven of them. Yeah. And that was nice. And it wasn't like, I, sometimes I, I'll watch these, I'll watch four in a row, even yep. when I'm doing a four-parter. And that's too much. And I, I think... This, well, they weren't meant to... Right. Right. And it's not exactly. They're, they're not meant. And, and it didn't re... Again, part six, I felt like, felt the most like it was dragging. 
Yes. But I just kind of liked being with all the it. characters, and I liked especially seeing the the evil versions of everyone. It was right. just fun. Like, I, I thought it was a fun episode. And I like Pertwee a lot, too, because he tries I to be so, so serious, like this you know, Kung Fu 007 secret agent, but he's super goofy, too. Right. And it's almost it's like, a lot of humor I don't know it. if he's always aware of how goofy he is, but I'm okay with it in, in either direction. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally feel the same way. I was actually sick this week, so I ended up watching five in a back row? to back. Okay, that's yes, that's and then watched the harder. last two, and then because I, I couldn't really go anywhere, I started making the gifts. Um, I've actually already made the gifts, which never happens either. So I kind of rewatched all of them again. Yeah, um, to make them. I didn't really watch, you know, because I'm kind of skimming through as I'm trying to find the scenes that I like. Um, yeah. So, but so that's that's just to say. Even with that, I really enjoyed the story because sometimes these can feel tedious. This one was not that at all. All right. I got two um, more things. Let, last, oh, you have something else? Me too. Okay. Go ahead. You go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. I'll do one, then you do one, then I do one, then you do one. Great. I don't even know what I'm going to talk we, about. The ending of six is yes. an apocalypse where all the characters we've just spent six chapters with die. And yeah. you see footage of like the lava flow and then civilians burning like it's pretty super dark it's and there's dark. no there's no saving them Mm-mm. there's no attempt to save them you can't it's i'm better off with these other people so let's keep yeah. them alive and you die right and it's okay everyone's okay with that what did you did you think that was a little odd? i mean not everyone was okay with it evil brig wasn't okay with it he was he was kind of pissed now like in a typical do doctor it. who story i feel like the doctor would have worked out a way to transport them to some other planet or like another Something, dimension yes. or right. nope no this was great i actually that's a good point i'm glad you mentioned that this was it was good that that happened i mean it's an alternate universe who cares these people aren't real uh, but he did yeah we spent we spent uh, maybe a third of our time in this story with these people, and yeah, they all died. Not that all of them were great or anything, but yeah, this is not something the Doctor would typically do, but he was really... He kept saying throughout, before that happens, like, I, there's nothing I can do. I can't solve this. And you always think, like, oh, uh, he can't solve it until he does. Right. He'll figure out, oh, that one thing, of course, I should have known. No, he just let them all die. That was pretty cool. Um, I was going to say, um, this whole thing thing is coming about because they're drilling through the earth's crust and it's going to release you know it releases all this energy it's not even really about the goo like that's just a side effect that there's this goo that turns people into werewolves um it's this energy that's released that ends up blowing up the the earth it just seems like the doctor would know that that would happen like why in the in the original timeline does he even let any of this happen right exactly yeah that like, he has to go to another dimension just to see how it plays out. But he should know it if he's aware of these, even of these creatures. He should know the creatures or, are bad and stop them just for the fact that he went through Krakoa. Krakatoa. Krakatoa. But even without the creatures being part of it, like, he is a scientist of a sort. He is. And, and knows so much about, like, astrophysics and whatever, the, the makeup of planets. Like, wouldn't you think he would know if the case is that they, if they breach the earth's crust the planet's going to explode that that would he would know that just from having been to millions of planets before yeah no i would think that he would i don't know why this bad idea for that reason but you know even if he didn't know that he clearly knows that that he's heard these sound like i don't know right yeah but again he's watching things and he keeps warning them about the computer like the computer is a big part of this 
Yeah. But it yeah. isn't also. It isn't. Any of the warnings that it says is the same warnings that could be coming from the doctor. But in any case, like he's and sort of watching it. And he's like, oh, the the, what about the computer? But he's powerless in a way. Like he's part of the unit machine and he's just yeah. like a middle manager who's like, if we keep doing this and the marketing guy is just running the company into the ground. You can't do anything right, about right. it. Right. He's got to hit his off. numbers. So. And you got to find new work. Okay, you go. You had one. Uh, okay, so then my next one was just a, in general. Like, what did you think of Liz Shaw? Because Liz Shaw is gone. Oh. And I, we sort of talked about it, so maybe it's a repeat yeah, yeah. of what we did. I mean, I'm, this is a nice send-off to be able to get to play a different version is of it, the though? same character. I think that's you know, true. No, in that, in right. that, 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 that part is nice. But the fact, apparently, there is no actual departing of Liz. Yes. There's no Sarah Jane moment. No, There's and no... that's what I wanted to talk about because it feels yeah. like the end of this is that. The Doctor turns to her and he's fixed the TARDIS and I thought, okay, this is the last we see of Liz Shaw and it's not the best ending but at least it's something. And he says, I'm right. going to miss you the most, Liz. And he's like, I, right. I hate you, Brigadier. Which is kind of right. weird considering I hated how much... That moment, like his, but... his hatred of the Brigadier... I felt uh, bad for them. I was like, what? Easy. Back off. Why? Man. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. But then he much. turns to Liz and he's like, you know what? But I'm going to miss you. And then he disappears and it's just Liz and the Brigadier. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Now Liz is going to stay with Unit. The doctor's right. going to go into space or do whatever. And then we'll get Joe Grant. But that's not what happens. Yeah. He literally comes back. They have a funny moment. Liz la- smiles. And then she's, that's it. you know, off screen. We're, we're I don't told know that, that she's she's been reassigned. I can't remember what they is say. that what happens. I, yeah, I they, don't they, remember. They either. reassign her, or they say something happened to her. Here's your new assistant, and the doctor right. spends the first oh, right. half of the thing yelling at her because she gets the chemicals wrong. She's not as right, good as right, Liz. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but, but we uh, yeah, that's it's unfortunate that we don't get to see why she left or how she gets. No, started. and then yep. they had an opportunity to do it. Maybe they didn't know she was fired at that point. If you read yeah, about no, it, no, I don't was, think so. She, she was pregnant. There but was a they note were planning that, on getting rid of her anyway, so it's like yeah. weird. She was pregnant during the filming, but apparently, you know, the producers weren't aware of that when they made the decisions. I don't know if that's true. Who that's knows? such a weird thing to leak to the like. It's like somebody saying like, "Oh, why are you fired off? Oh, I had a, a baby. No, you didn't. We were going to fire you before we knew you had. Like, wh- why is that yeah, corrected? Right, right. If like, it just feels kind of weird, right? Like, who's yeah. No, no, no. Who was like, standing yeah, to benefit oh, no, we were going to fire her before we knew. So don't even go by that yeah. dumb theory that it's because she has having a baby. Like, did she you say that fire to save face and then they undermined it? Or did they say it first and then she said I don't know. Maybe it was just a comedy of errors. It's fine. I don't know. But I've also read that she said to the actress that I guess they wanted her to be sexier. Like, that was like a big thing. And I guess I don't know if she could get sexier. It wasn't than that. testing well because uh, people don't like smart women, I guess. And that's <sighs> I don't know. Nineteen seventy, man. man. Oh, that's rough. I liked her as a character. I thought she. Was, I did too. She was interesting. I but again, I, I don't know. I didn't see that the story before this. Maybe she's terrible in that. I don't know. You let us know. Yeah. All right. You have my one last more. thing. My, yeah, my last thing was just just silly. The um the the use of the fire extinguishers was was just hilarious to the point where they have the brigadier. With a extinguisher, where he's he's keeping the werewolves at bay, and he's kind of holding it at crotch level, and it runs out, and he just like looks down <laughs> oh, at it, God. which I thought was hilarious because then Greg comes over with the giant uh, hose yep. that's working really well. It, that <laughs> moment of emasculation I thought was really hilarious. So just a moment like that, that and um, the werewolves 
for whatever reason, A, some of them decide to behave completely different than others, where they're kind of running around like zombies, where other ones are like big, strong, tough, whatever, werewolves. The other is that there's two moments where a werewolf is, is there looking around and then turns and looks right into the camera. Yeah. There's like two times where that happens where I thought it was just hilarious. Now, here, weird, here's like, another why thing. do you make that choice? Sticking with werewolves. Yeah. So the werewolves, the evolution of this werewolf species is accelerated by heat. And I think yes. the doctor even says that when he closes yes. the room to the drill head yep. to slow down the evolution. So why is it that when these people are changed into werewolves or changed into this thing from the beginning, several of them just keep going higher up into the scaffolding around the base because the doctor keeps fighting people up there. Right. It's like they're moving right. away from there. the heat. Yeah. Doesn't that not make any sense? And the one it does not and, make any and, sense. Uh, What's his face? Who uses it as a face cream? So Stallman, like when he Doctors, gets his oh, chance, and he like really so great. He loves the feeling of it. But the other ones aren't drawn back into the heat. I just right. seem like I don't know. It was a little, yeah, was, a little I think yeah, right. It was just because it, it looks cool to shoot that on top of those tanks. Yeah, and we get that, that twice. Like literally, it, twice we get two fights of, the and we same... get several guys falling off of them. Yeah, what, there's one almost guy gets too many guys. It. What? There's almost too many. Like there's too many. There's yeah, too yeah. many that you you know. You, it's like I think they're it, the next. It starts guy. to lose its impact. Yeah. Um. We, the last thing, and we then we should kind of wrap this up and go to feedback, is just the overacting by uh, Olaf Pooley, who played Professor Stallman. Those moments where he's having like the the oh. episodes where yes. he's just like, <laughs> those must be <laughs> the best yeah. gifts. They were so wonderful. That just I don't want to let us go let that go unremarked upon because oh, his it was severe the best headaches and then the eyes were oh that was so oh, precious. just really good. Precious. There were some moments like those will be great reaction gifts. Speaking uh, of reactions, what did yes. what did the audience think of this particular story, Dan? Well, I want to say thank you again uh, to everyone who was responding to us on Twitter. Um, we got a lot of responses to this, uh, mostly because we remembered to ask you guys for your feedback this time, unlike uh, what we normally do. Um, so our friends um, said the following. Uh, Chris Dubs said, uh, Disco werewolves and an alternate universe evil brigadier. How much more 1970s sci-fi can you get? Let me also mention, Eric, that between uh, Doctor Who and Mystery Science Theater 3000, Pluto TV is rocking my world. So, Eric, you're going to get some of the sweet, sweet residuals yeah, from the Pluto free, TV free service. Yeah, Pluto TV check. <laughs> uh, I still haven't really checked it out, but that's that's pretty cool. This stuff is all available there. So, Pluto TV, if it's available in your area, um, you should check that out because there's so much Doctor Who on there. Um, when, so, well, that's great. i, I got to interject again because uh, that's what, the way my brain works, Dan. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, do you mm-hmm. think that the whole reason that the werewolf people are in it is because this is 1970s, like... A, Planet of the Apes is a big part of pop culture, at least in the States Maybe. anyway. Like, first one was the end of the 60s, 68 or so. But I feel like the cartoon is probably on, the toy line is probably on. So right. they look almost sort of like the Planet of the Apes. To um, me, it looks like I was a teenage werewolf, that sort of level of makeup. It really wasn't all that impressive. I actually liked the earlier versions of the were creature before it evolves into that final version looked kind of better yeah. yeah so you don't think it's a uh trying Maybe. to get no, some no, of that that's sweet point. Planet think, of the apes money i think like most of doctor who stories it's it's riffing on something that's going on in the rest of pop culture so i think that's probably accurate 
Um, let's see. Our friends at the uh, World Enough in Time podcast say uh, about this story, not as unfailingly superb as some would have us believe. Very, very good, yes, with some great moments and dialogue, but it's far too long and has an unbelievably shit final scene. Um, now, the final scene he's talking about is uh, him leaving and then coming back and then I'm getting the trash can. I'm guessing that is the final scene. I I dislike that, in this, like we just said. I didn't like that interaction, interaction between the Doctor and the Brig. I don't mind the tension between them. I think that's great because he needs some sort of antagonist that he can kind of turn on but also show his charm, and that's great. But, like, to be so blatantly, like, I hate your stupid face. Yeah. I hope I never see you again. Go die. <laughs> right. And then, and then, and then come back with his tail between his legs. It's like, oh, funny. He's like, like, oh come on. We're going to be great. Like, it was just too over the top for me. But, yeah. I, I did, but this is the one time, um, world enough in time, that uh, I disagree on the, it being too long. I think, yes, there was some stuff that could be cut out, as Eric mentioned, but I, I didn't feel it, it like I do in some four-parters that feel like seven-parters. Um, this, was, this was pretty great. Uh, moving on, because we are running low on time here. Um, Uncle Beard says, This is as bleak as who gets, especially the ending. I like the story on its own, but given the rest of the Pertwee era, I can see why uh, they lightened on the tone from then on. Chill out, guys. Less dying in lava, more nut hatch and chill. So that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. This was a very dark episode. It was super. I mean, but it didn't story. feel dark until that episode six and i guess six. it is when you six think about it real it's a fascist state and people are yeah. evil and getting tortured but it didn't right. really feel like oh that's super dark until we literally saw footage of civilians being burned alive burned <laughs> it's alive. like yeah oh, that's, okay you're really yeah, committing to that entire universe uh, world one other so. thing so like i i didn't know anything about the story you didn't know anything about the story based on all the feedback we've just gotten it's people love it i mean that's what apparently they First person yeah. said it's not as universally loved as it deserves or whatever they said. So that's yeah, interesting yeah. to know. That is interesting. Uh, okay, uh, Daniel Smith says, Being part of the best season of Doctor Who, Inferno is not a standout. Is not a standout, even though it is an incredible masterpiece written by Don Houghton. It is a story which, by the end, will make you feel emotionally overwhelmed. Um, it, also a six-part story that has never flown past so quickly. Six out of five stars. Um now, I don't know if I felt emotionally, story, but it's a seven-part story. No, he says it's a seven-part story that flew that flew by so quickly. He gave it six out of five stars. Oh, you see, an extra okay. star for you extra said six good. Part, and I was saying, yeah, I think no. six part would have been perfect. Yeah, you would have liked the six part. Um, I thought, yeah, there was some some good emotional moments, but I don't think it was emotionally overwhelming. But I felt like it was exciting the whole way through, like you just heard us say. Um, let's go on, moving on. Jixters. Oh, thank you for the feedback there, Daniel. Uh, Jixter says, Inferno is a classic story. Scientists drilling to the center of the Earth unleash powerful force forces that threaten the world only for there to be an alternate dimension twist to it. That's the flaw, though. Too much taken up with the Doctor having to keep explaining who he is. It's notable, though, for being Liz Shaw's final episode as a main companion, which is a shame because she was an interesting match for the Doctor and only lasted one season. Eric, you said the same. You thought that that she was a good complement to the Doctor mm -hmm. being his equal. Yeah, she was. Why she didn't last? Because she wasn't totally developed, but I feel like there was a been a good future with her. And I like her, the actress. I, I find the actress I to do. be charming, and I kind of liked. I, I do know. as well. Fine. Yeah, it's too bad. 
all good. Um, Andrew Stevens says this blew my mind watching it as an eight year old in the nineteen in the early nineteen eighties in reruns in New Zealand. Having the Doctor try and fail to save Parallel Earth was a masterstroke of ratcheting up the tension in what could otherwise have been a fairly pedestrian story. Of course, as an adult, I realized that the whole Parallel Earth concept probably started as a genius-level cost-cutting exercise to film seven episodes with the same cast and sets. Brilliant. So he's actually – thank you, Andrew, for that. He's actually pointing to a myth that I saw on uh, one of the Wikipedia pages about this that – that there was some sort of production cost-cutting thing where the Parallel Universe was stuck in so they could stretch – the production timeout with less budget because you have mm-hmm. the same sets and same characters, uh, same actors. Um, but according to this Wikipedia page, for whatever that's worth, um, it says that 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 alternate universe stuff had actually been there since the very early drafts of this story, and that it was actually, if anything, the primordials that were added later by the production staff. Yeah, um, and I can that see that out the story, which totally you didn't need the werewolves at all. Like that, that totally feels like an afterthought. That was kind of worked in so but either way um yeah they probably got did get more bang for the buck to get seven parts out of this with the same sets and cast yeah and it works so, i mean i think deal. that's overall saving money is not always a bad thing not sometimes always. our limitations dan create greater and better art oh god right. um thank you for that andrew <laughs> stevens um Paul says a good story, though it's seven episodes. It's a bit too long. Yeah, My favorite moment is theme. the banter. What's that? I said that's a common theme. I think that keeps common theme. Yeah, that it's yeah. A little too long. We don't one one fewer episode might have been cool. Good um, favorite moment is the banter between the doctor and the brigadier right at the end. Favorite moment is that is that banter. Uh, the shame Lizshaw didn't get a dis- decent send off, but she was too smart to be the voice of the audience. It didn't make sense for her to ask questions. So yeah, I think that's that's kind of kind of right. Um, I don't agree with that though. I mean, I, I I don't agree with thinking that she's not a good voice for the audience because she can't ask questions. Because half the stuff that the doctor is dealing with is outside of Earth's laws, and if she's a scientist, she could be the Scully to his Mulder. I mean, I think that totally would work. I don't, and, and I've read that yeah, that yeah, was yeah. their their thing was she wasn't a good voice of the audience because she was too smart, but. I don't I mean, agree. I could kind of see that. I, As a scientist, I mean, I'm not you're saying it's right. I'm not saying anyway. he's right. I'm not saying that, they, that that is correct. I could see that point of view from the production staff saying that they want someone more like Joe Smith, Joe Grant. Jeez, I'm sorry about that. Uh, like Joe Grant or someone who just doesn't quite understand what's going on so the doctor can explain things and do that exposition. They basically – what they want is they want a child yeah. in the body of right. an, a woman. Who doesn't? Well, I think that's that's now you're starting to really crack the nut on uh, the patriarchy, Dan. The patriarchy, I've I've nailed it. Um, But it is. I mean, it is a children's show ostensibly, so you do need that person to be able to to do that. Um, But I still, I loved Liz. I mean, there's no reason they could have brought someone else on. They had many uh, stories with multiple companions, and you could have kept her and added a kid, an actual kid. Would have been cool. An Adric. And last uh, from Greg Cox saying, my favorite ever. My favorite ever, absolutely brilliant. Mm. So we kind of agree with you on that part. Um, I think we overall really liked it. So thank you all for the the Twitter feedback. You can reach us at TODW Show. Um, I'll be posting those gifts um, right before the show goes. This episode goes live, which has already happened because you're listening to it right now. So go check out the gifts on the show page at theolddoctorwhoshow.com. Lastly, Eric, we do have a couple of emails. Um, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention those. Um, 
not relating to this story, but relating to the last one, listener Deborah Battle says, Hi, I know it's been a long, long time since I last sent you a comment. This has to be, speaking of um, Enemy of the World, this has to be my top five favorite episodes of The Second Doctor. Uh, I sometimes forget that this episode is in black and white. Um, so that's cool. I mean, it is it is definitely a memorable episode of The Second Doctor, not that we've seen too terribly many of them no but we're so it's very that. easy for me to remember it because we've only seen a handful of them but uh it's definitely a standout in that that whole dual portrayal um characterization it's kind of cool and and we got one more email too last email uh from uh conrad who says about <laughs> doctor who and stop the drilling uh says uh in a nice bulleted list here the positives location and stunts are great Nick True. Courtney is a yep. Nick Courtney is superb as the brigadier and brigade leader. True. Yep. Uh, a recent Doctor Who magazine poll voted this the fan favorite Pertwee story. This is a lie. Fake news. Wait. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the recent Which Doctor Who magazine poll was, but I'll not take I, your word for it. Seems, it. seems realistic. Um, and then he goes on to say, uh, meanwhile, in a parallel universe, on the negative side, it's too long. Too repetitive, too grim, too macho, too shouty, too many garage <laughs> doors. Talk about the garage door. The garage door. So that wasn't the Sonic. I thought it was the Sonic, but then he calls it the garage door, like a garage a door handle, and he doesn't use it for anything except that. Like I don't I, know. I, yeah, I, I, I thought I it was. Like, it was it a Sonic, like the Sonic, and that was just a, a joke. But it, I, he yeah, could have built his too, own. But... I don't remember like, where the Sonic no is. And it. It's hard now that we're jumping around to like right because it does disappear. At one point, right, and then yes, it comes back. They were relying it on it too much, and then, yeah. Anyway, it was but just so funny. So That's much literally stuff all with for. that, and and it goes back to again tying back to the last one we just did, the uh, enemy of the world, where they play around with these green screens that show footage yeah. to give depth, and we see this the, is the, the garage door. You can see the outside projected. Yes. See, this is I think a little bit different though. That last one, I have a feeling. I'm not. I don't. I didn't do any research because you know me. But the, in the Enemy of the of the World, that I think was an actual projection, projecting like a movie theater projection onto a screen behind the actors, um, as opposed. So that was actually you could look at it with your naked eye and see it happening. Whereas this was actual like chroma key green screen okay. behind it, um, which is interesting. I like the actual effect of the projection because as the camera moves everything still stays in the right position. With a chroma key, if the camera wobbles a little bit, the background doesn't quite line up and it looks really bad. Yeah. Not to mention the parts that actually cut around the people. As That, that, that technology just doesn't look great at the beginning. But you got um, to see, at least you got to see like shots of her in front of the closed door. Then a shot of just the doctor hitting the door button. Yes. And then the next yes. shot, the door is open and she's standing yes. in front of the, you know, the background. See you later, well, doctor. Like, they had different angles of it as well, like whether the camera yeah. is showing straight out or off to the side, and then it just gets replaced by lava yeah. coming we at We spend them. a good, uh, I would say, two minutes on garage door-related activities. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, All right, keep going. Finishing up this email, um, they go on to say, I never warmed to Liz Shaw and mm. find the primords unwatchable. False! Fair enough. They were both great. Um, Greg Kravitz and Petra Hairtuck. Oh, Greg Cravat. <laughs> I like it. Greg Cravat and Petra Hertuck are the reason uh, there isn't a straight pride. Yeah, their their relationship was Petra. a little toxic. Uh, it was and horrible. he was super macho, yelling. It was not her fault. Like, but, it, but again, at the end, they, they write it as she's that's what it takes to win her over. 
Yeah. But she's you like, just, I guess gotta... I kind of want you to be around just to, you know. The caveman has to hit her over the head with a club and drag her by the hair. That's what they want. Horrible 1970s. Okay. Um, last, I'd rather drink coolant from a number two outflow pipe. <laughs> Not Great. a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. And this is also Hair of the Hound. Uh, that is oh, writing here. Uh, this is not a fan sorry, of this I, thing. Well, I disagree. I was a fan. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't see at the end this is Hair of the Hound on the Twitters. Um, thank you very much. And as Eric would say, I think we're done now. Dan, can we be yeah, done? And that is always true. <laughs> is, we do say that a lot, don't we? Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the email. Thank way you very right much for now. writing to us. <laughs> you can email us if you'd like to at uh, theolddoctorwhoshow at gmail.com. You can visit our show page at theolddoctorwhoshow.com to check the schedule to see um, what we're going to be doing next. Um, right, and speaking, also... speaking of which, oh, uh, what are we doing get next? ready for our next thing, which is not in front of me. It's Seeds of Doom. So now we're jumping to, Seeds of Doom. to uh, Tom Baker. So, right? Seeds. Yeah, Seeds of Doom, yep. Tom Baker. Yep. 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 Although right now I kind of feel like I could stay with Pertwee for a little bit. I could, but happy. I do like this. I like that. I like we it are too. I like it, it too. because like no, this is great. Enemy of the World was good, but then now I was so happy to see Pertwee, and I'm going to be so yep. happy to see. Tom You're going to be psyched to see Tom again. Yep. So. And then um, we do so that's fun after that. So or Kinda. Yeah. Damn it. I know <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh. Uh, okay, so there's that. Um, you can check out our uh, 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 all the gifts and stuff will be on the show page, but you can also check it out on Instagram at TODW Show and uh, Facebook.com forward slash TODWS if you want to interact with us there. Um, you can also send us physical goods if you'd like to. No pressure. That would be cool, though. Where can they send that information to? Uh, that's there? P.O. Box 2131, Red Bank, New Jersey, 07701. Amazing. I didn't check so, if we had new reviews to read. Uh, I don't think we do, right? If not, we'll just save them up for the next time. For all those five-star reviews you guys are going to leave, yeah, tell go, your friends. Go to if you iTunes to the and show, give us some stars. You guys are, are so active on the Twitters. I'm assuming all of you have already reviewed the show in your respective uh, areas. iTunes or Google Play Hangouts or whatever the frick they call it now. So, Oh, no, we, we, got, tell, a, tell we got a negative review. <gasps> so do, don't gonna, read that one. I'm going to read it. Just kidding. Just okay. <gasps> this is why we're now at four and a half out of five. Oh, my goodness. So just okay by sad or weird face. This is from July 19th. This is the U.S. store. The show is okay. It really could be much better. There is so much to say, and these guys don't do a ton of research. I kind of feel like they're winging it. I listen sometimes, but there's a lot of better Doctor Who podcasts out there. Well, thank you. Uh, I could address you, but you're just a series of symbols. So maybe you could do more research on your name. Uh, Burn! No, that's fine. Hey, we're not for everyone. We're not going to do a ton of uh, research because, I don't know, find that a little boring. We we have actually explained the, the whole premise of this is that Eric and I are friends who don't get to see each other. We watch a story and then talk about it. So that's that's pretty much what you guys are here for. So if you like it, please keep listening. <laughs> Tell your friends about yeah. it. If you don't like it, um, you can make a podcast. No, it's fine. There's like 700,000 of them. They're so not all going to be five stars, man. You know, but yeah, but you know, if you haven't written a review and you do like the show, that'd be awesome. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you like this show, like Dan's saying, you got to do two reviews to make up for just okay. (laughs) Honestly, just okay is a three star, not a two star. I think two star (sighs) is not okay. And one star would be terrible. Terrible. 
just okay. So apparently, okay, we're not we're not okay. Kind of yeah. cool. I mean, you know, you can come up with your own names, but just okay too is <laughs> too low for just okay. If you go to the old Doctor Who Show dot com, we're gonna give you sample reviews that you could just copy and paste to iTunes. It'll be great. Now Eric, talking. can we be done? Please, it's over. Can we be done? Yeah, now? no, I'm done. I've been ready to shut the show down two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean just this episode? I just okay, for this episode. Yeah, let's, no, let's, let's right. uh, end this. One. All right, guys. All right, until next everyone. time. Peace. Bye.